Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. Why is it so hard to explain covert narcissistic abuse to someone else? Why is it so hard to explain to someone who has never lived it? You know, why does it all sound so petty and trivial? When I'm trying to explain it to someone, I even think I sound petty. But it's not petty. This is not trivial. There's nothing petty about the nightmare that you are living. It sucks and you need people around you that get it. You need people to understand. I'm Renee Swanson, the creator of the Covert Narcissism podcast and founder of CNG, which is a Facebook support group for victims of covert narcissistic abuse. I lived this nightmare for 21 years, over 21 years. We were married for over 20. And and I was so incredibly frustrated in my marriage. I was completely worn out from trying to communicate with him and getting absolutely nowhere. I tried to explain it to a few of my friends, but most of the time that actually did not help. And I couldn't figure out why. Why did it sound so so petty? That's the best word I have for it, but petty and trivial. And, and I even thought that. And I thought, okay, maybe I'm making too much out of nothing here. And so then, it, once again, it, it just put me right back into that place of doubt. Here's the scenario. So you've poured everything you have into this relationship. Whether it's a marriage or not a marriage, you know, whatever kind of relationship. But you have poured so much energy and time and effort into it. You work overtime trying to keep this person happy, and you have to work extra hard to keep their anger at bay. And so you do, because you want peace. And yet, no matter how hard you work, you always feel like there's an obstacle in the way. Like it's a wall, a thick concrete wall that's in the way of your relationship with this person. So one evening, let's just use an example. One evening you ask him out, you know, you ask him to help you drive one of your kids, one of, you know, your kids together. It's me and my husband. And I ask him to help drive one of our kids to a friend's house for a get together. Well, they ask where they live and and you start trying to describe this to him, but clearly your words yet again are not good enough for him. He interrupts you just to fuss at you and, and tells you this time, you know, that you're not communicating effectively, that you should have said it this way or that way. And you just throw your hands up in frustration and you say, forget it. Never mind. And you rearrange your schedule so that you can help your kid out to get to this get together. You're just tired of it. This goes on every day with nearly every conversation. Well, now you try to tell your friend about this event and about your frustration. And more often than not, that's not going to work out so well. Because your friend starts asking things like, well, how were you explaining the directions to begin with? And as you go deeper into the explanation, it's almost laughable at how trivial this whole thing is. And, and you, you know, you're trying to explain it to your friend and they want more details. And the more details you give, the more crazy you sound. And your friend feels that too and says, hey, you guys just, you just had a miscommunication. You're making too big of a deal of this. Oh, that's like a stab to the heart. They just don't get it. They don't understand that this is every day, every conversation, all the time. Or the friend might even say, you know, I'm sure you've gotten mad at him at, at, you know, at times over little things. Maybe you guys just need to, you know, take a date night and go have some, some good, happy time together. 
people who have not lived it just don't get it. You can't fix this by just going out and having a happy date night. You can't fix this by just working on your communication skills. These things do sound petty and trivial, and I understand that, and it's because they are. At least they should be. Me asking him for directions and there being a brief misunderstanding, that should be a nothing. But it isn't a nothing when you're living with a covert narcissist because they make it huge. They make it this huge reaction and this huge ordeal. And and then they start holding it against you that you don't know how to communicate. And it piles and piles and piles. And you can brush it under the rug as many times as you want. But eventually that pile that's underneath the rug is huge. And everybody's tripping all over it all the time. Yes, these things sound petty and trivial because they should be but they're not. You know, I hear victims say, well, he got mad at me when I woke him up because he overslept. That can sound trivial, but it becomes a huge thing. You know, he fussed at me because dinner was a little late. He complained at me because of a one-time special lunch with our son that cost too much in his eyes. Or he was with me in the store and he put items that I put in the cart. He took them out and he put them back on the shelf. Or he fusses at me telling me I don't include him in activities with our kids. And then when I try to, he fusses about that too. You know, all these things sound trivial. I can't hug him the right way. I don't kiss him the right way. And he always wants to show me how to do it better. Again, these things sound trivial. And to people who have never experienced covert narcissistic abuse, that's how it sounds. That everything sounds so minor. Because they're looking at it as a single event a standalone, a one-off event, but it's not. It's like the, the last podcast I talked about, the last episode I mentioned, you know, a thousand bee stings. It's like getting a thousand bee stings. One is no big deal, but a thousand. If you got stung by a bee every day for three and a half years, people would understand why you're losing your mind. People would understand why you're hurting so much and why you just feel like you're going crazy. People would get it. Okay, but when but when people don't think of it that way and they have not lived it and so they don't understand, they say things like, well, everyone gets mad occasionally or you're mad about that. That's a tough one. You know, I wish that was the biggest concern I ever had or just tell them you're sorry and move on. They they try to give trivial responses because it's a trivial event. But what they don't see, here's what they don't see. They don't see that you are being slowly erased, that your thoughts and feelings don't matter on a daily basis with your partner. You are invalidated over and over and over and you are being erased. They don't see that every conversation is painful and challenging. They don't see how much it hurts when you try to do what he says he wants only to be shut down once again with his anger. They don't see the countless hours and enormous amounts of energy that you spend trying to appease him and yet never succeeding. They don't see that reconciliation never occurs and they don't see that you carry all of the blame for all of this. You see, in non-toxic relationships, people do get mad at each other. Disagreements do happen and anger does happen. So these things that we're talking about, when you try to give these examples of, of the issues that happen, those happen in everyday life in a, in a non-toxic relationship. But they are standalone. They are single events. 
Because both sides accept that this is normal, that you're going to have some disagreements. Both sides take some of the blame and carry some of that blame. And therefore, reconciliation is allowed to happen. When both sides can give some and take some ownership of what happened, then then that's, that allows for the reconciliation. That give is so important. And I'm going to talk about that you know, more in a later episode. But But people who have give in their relationships the they they work those relationships work out and so these people that are looking at you saying well you're just being too petty or you're being too they are used to that reconciliation occurring and and thankfully i'm i mean thank god i'm glad they have that but they don't see that you don't have that and they don't understand they're looking at it as a standalone event because when it happens in a healthy relationship and the reconciliation occurs that event disappears in history and never comes back that is not the case when you're dealing with a covert narcissist it's just another pile another another chunk that goes on the pile another piece partners that reconcile and can move on they expect that today's issues will just become a thing of the past and they dissolve into the sunset and they're gone forever. They don't understand that pile that you are living. You know, covert narcissistic abuse is hard enough to identify when you're the victim. Think of how hard it was for you to pinpoint what was going on, for you to really get a grasp of what, why you feel the way you feel and why he's treating you the way he treats you. Don't expect that others are going to be able to see it. Or to understand because of what you're saying. You know, I was living it every day of my life and I barely had an understanding of what was going on. I'd get a hold of it and get a grasp on it and then it would just disappear just as quickly as I thought I had it. It is so hard to explain. And it is a nearly invisible abuse. It is hard to get a hold of. It is hidden in things that are a part of of normal life. The little disagreements, the bad mood that happens here and there, the short word that comes out um, just out of the blue or a misunderstanding. These are normal day things. These are just a normal part of life. But that abuse is hidden inside of that. And and that makes it so difficult to see. So know that. And the next time that you're trying to explain yourself to someone, remember this. You have nothing to prove to anyone. Listen to that again. You have nothing to prove to anyone. You don't owe them an explanation. You don't owe them uh, you know, a reason for a breakup or a divorce or your own anger, whatever may be going on. You owe them nothing. And if you're trying to get support from them, I understand that need. Find people who understand. Find support groups. Find someone. I had one friend who got it. One friend. Because she had an ex-husband years, years, years ago, 30 years ago. And she went, oh, wow. That's how he treated me. And it actually helped her to see what was going on in her past. But she understood because she had lived it. When you find someone who's lived it, you know it. You know in the conversation that they get it because you can you feel that. You feel that energy and that understanding and that validation from them. Find those one or two. Find a support group online. Our Facebook group is doing phenomenal. Come join us. You know, get on Facebook and look up Covert Narcissism Group and you'll find us. And and people there get it. They understand and they can validate each other. But when you're looking for support from a friend of yours that doesn't get it, you need to quit trying to explain it to them because it's just going to make you more frustrated. 
And, and if, if they really are pushing and they go, Hey, I really want to know why you left that relationship and they're pushing for reasons and you can't explain it in words they can understand, then just simply tell them, look, you are more than welcome to go live with him or her, whatever the case may be, and find out for yourself. And then just walk away from that. You don't have to explain it to anyone. You have nothing to prove to anyone. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.